Hello, my friends. This is life coach Mike Trugman, and welcome to an episode of Mike's Search for Meaning. I'm after some big questions. Why are we here? What makes a fulfilling life? How can we grow individually and collectively? Each episode, I'll dive deep with leaders who are doing great work in the world and see how they organize their life. Books read, value systems, resources used, and stories that show how each of you can create the life and the world of your dreams. On today's episode, we have Ben Harris, otherwise known as the Fear Guy. Ben is a fear coach and intuitive guide. He is the host of the Feeling Free podcast, and he leads some epic retreats. You can see them at his website, feelingfree.com. On this episode, we, of course, explore fear. Where do you feel it in your body? Where or how does it manifest as a thought? And my favorite part of this episode is when I am a demo client of Ben's. So I explore my own fears and what's holding me back in my life. And just as a note, this episode was recorded back in August. So the events that I speak about were as of a few months ago, but I think they're extremely relevant for you as a listener today. And my hope with this episode is that fear becomes more normalized for you. I think we all have this aversion to fear. We think that it's a bad thing and we cast judgment on ourselves for experiencing it. And every single person in the world feels fear and experiences fear. And it's not the feeling, it's how we respond to it. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Ben Harris. All right, Ben, welcome to Mike's Search for Meaning. Mike, thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. And this is the beginning of a journey for you, dude. So I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yes, it is the beginning of a journey for me, which I'm very excited about. And I kind of want to start at the beginning of the journey for you. I've, mm. I've heard you speak a little bit about your upbringing. You're, I think, one of three children. You have two sisters. Is that right? So probably in what you've listened to, so yeah, I do have, so two sisters within, so I'm, so there's five siblings from my mom and dad. So I'm one in five in that two sisters, two brothers, and then my dad got remarried. So I also have another brother and another sister. Um, so seven total now in the unit that we all do things together. Um, but yes, it's a big yeah. fam. <laughs> wow. So that wasn't that wasn't going to be my final question. The final question was going to be the you you spoke a little bit about your what the podcast I listened to you on your Mormon upbringing and how yeah. at the same time you had a family that was very accepting of you and kind of open dialogue about what was really happening with you and not just surface level stuff. So what was dinner like or what was conversation Ooh. like in the Harris in the Harris household? Dinner, that's that's a good question. So I like thinking about this. I've actually been going into my childhood a lot more lately because of what you said, right? I've like I'm definitely I grew up in a loving household. Yeah, it was, you know, Mormon, Christian, conservative, closed-minded in some ways, but also like you mentioned pretty open-minded like my mom was into spirituality like if people know who Wayne Dyer is, she used to read his books. Um, like I remember seeing, I didn't know as a kid, right. But I s remember seeing them like eye level on the nightstand as a little kid and just other 
personal development books and stuff like that. So that was more open. Um, and dinner, that's so interesting. I mean, I think as a kid, like we talked before we started recording how we're both similar um, sun, Sagittarius signs, projectors, and INFJs. So we're definitely more quiet and introverted people. So for me, I was always observing, um, listening, and my family members are different. So they might have needed attention. I didn't, you know, I would kind of like ask questions or just observe. So that's probably more what dinner was like. But here's a fun fact, I guess, for dinner is that I would, I'm the type of person who eats my food separately, not so much like as anal as I used to, but I would go food group by food Get group. Get out of here, dude. This is wild. So you're the same? <laughs> my, my parents used to have plates that had those like four dividers in them. <laughs> yeah. And if say like the rice went over to the meat pile or the beans pile or whatever it was, I would... I would make them separate it. Like I, I was not okay with the foods touching. It's <laughs> crazy. <funny. laughs> yeah. So like I, would, I didn't care if they touched, but I think that's interesting because I think in Myers-Briggs, I would think they'd call that conscientiousness, which makes sense for us. And so, yeah, like for me, how in my brain, I would eat, um, like I loved broccoli. So I didn't eat broccoli first, you know, cause to me, I would eat the vegetables or the less good things. And then I'd eat the, my favorite things last. <laughs> um, so that's just a random side note of how dinner was. And then also like I mentioned before, I've been diving more into my childhood lately of like, it's yeah, I definitely had a loving home, but I realized for me, like my quiet introverted, always trying to be perfect and positive and be the person that people could lean on and not be, uh, you know, be the clean one, be the person who didn't get in trouble basically. And I've realized how much emotion and I thought I knew, but I didn't know until the last month or two of how much I was actually, um, what's the right word, restraining or pushing down or whatever you want to say. And I believe it can be mutually exclusive, right? It's like, yeah, I can love my mom. I can love my parents. I can love my family. And I can have these things where they weren't completely like addressed, right? Because when you are a single mom with five kids or separated at parents, like, and my dad doesn't get that enough time with me. And like, so there's so many different things. It's like, I know everyone did the best they can. I have no like ill will towards them, but I've started to realize even for someone like me who quote unquote had like a good loving childhood, there was things right. My fear protected me from even in saying that for a long time, I said, yeah, I had a great childhood. Like nothing was wrong. Nothing. Da, 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 da. And just because nothing is wrong, doesn't mean I didn't experience like hurt, pain, guilt, you know, shame, like whatever it was. And it was funny because my fear was protecting me from even acknowledging and admitting that because then if I did acknowledge that, that means my my um, childhood wasn't great or loving, which would then therefore mean, and when I say mean, it's not necessarily mean that, but that's what my brain and fear and ego wants to think, that that would mean I wasn't, that I'm acknowledging my childhood was less than desirable, which means I'm not as good of a kid as I wanted to be. So I'm just bringing that around to say like, awesome, amazing childhood, but also like every other person is you go through experiences that, you know, you are going to unravel and discover and heal and look into and release and all that fun stuff. 
All right. Well, that's why I love asking that question because there's always a juicy answer on the other on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. There's there's two. There's a lot of things I probably want to explore about your answer, but two that stand out to me because they resonate a lot with me. One is so you're one of several kids, and to be mm-hmm. quiet and observant, and yet like what I from what I could tell about you, that is not something that you contend with that much anymore, and even like before we hit record, you're saying you're 19, you're the type of person that just would like go out and pursue whatever it was that was on your mind. And you wanted to have like a hip hop career. Mm -hmm. And so how did you operate in both of those spaces of like being quiet, reserved, not needing attention, and then also seemingly wanting to put yourself out there? Yeah, dude, that's such a good question, because I don't know the answer. (laughs) It's like, that that's just something in me. I mean, it could be a mix of things. So like from my belief, right, I believe that people come in with like a purpose or a mission that they just have to remember for whatever reason. But I grew up being told that Ben, you're special, special, you're different. Da, da, da. And so it could be that, that that's why I believe that I want to achieve greatness or it could be something that I came in with. I think it's both. I think it was like harvested, but I also think I came in with that seed of like wanting to be someone and something quote unquote different or special. I think everyone is special because we're all unique, but it's just like, you know, what our world deems is that, which makes it different or special, which is funny. But for me is, dude, it was like, there's, there's just something in me that I can't imagine not doing the things that I've wanted or dreamed of. Like there was just something in me where the desire was always greater than the fear. Um, and that's part of the reason why I do what I do is like after a while I realized from the help of different people of they pointed out, Oh Ben, you're really good at this. Like you don't like you do all these things that most people don't do. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Like, well, why do I do them? And I started exploring and that led me to like, Oh, I am really good at this. Like how can I like help other people do that? So part of it is natural, but also, of course, we always have to make the choice. So it's like I've cultivated it time after time, and I'm still doing it in just in new ways all the time. Mm-hmm. So for me, <laughs> when I was when I was a little kid, I was all of those things that you said, like observant, quiet. I didn't mm-hmm. need attention. And as I've grown up, I've realized that I do want that, and it's just about managing my energy. But I have. I continue to have, but I had as a kid fear of like almost everything. I mm. like speaking in front of a group of three people would have been very overwhelming for me or doing anything not within my neatly confined little box. Like even what we were talking <laughs> about with eating food, I didn't eat vegetables until a few years ago. Like I, my whole life really changed. And it's <laughs> it's just interesting to hear someone who has a seemingly similar background uh kind of i don't know how you navigate with it but my question to you would be you you mentioned that everyone kind of is born with a purpose yeah and and i think a mission is kind of developed over time when did you start to cultivate your sense of purpose around fear that's a good question dude so i mean like you mentioned like hip-hop so one of the first times as like an adult, right, is 
when I was, I think, so we had just graduated high school. So me and my friend that when, and two friends that we were pursuing music together um, on my 19th birthday. So we discovered our birthdays are two days apart. So this book is called um, The 50th Law. Have you heard the, you might've already, I might've told Lauren. Robert Greene. Yeah. Do you know him? I know who he is, especially because of his affiliation with Ryan Holiday. And I, I read the Daily Stoic every day. Okay, perfect. Love it. So, um, yeah, so that book, it's pretty si- simple. Um, and it's basically just about fearlessness. Like he noticed, so the 48 Laws of Power is the first, one of the first books he wrote. It got really popular. And so then he wrote um, like uh, a sequel with the rapper 50 Cent and called it the 50th law because it worked out perfectly, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. the title and everything. And one, right, it was great timing because we're into hip hop. And then, and this book is new. And then also it's great timing because everything that I wanted, like I had a desire for, like I got the answer in the book is literally just says, do everything you're afraid of. Like that's the answer. Like, and so, and I still believe that to the day, like, everything like you're the life that you've always that you're meant for the life that you dream of that you want deeply desire um it's i i wouldn't even say on the other side of fear anymore i would say it's like within it mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah because i don't believe it's like i'll just, i'll keep it more simple but yeah it's like on the other side or within fear and so for some reason that just clicked for me and even my friends at the time they might not have been like extremely fearful because they still did it with me, but it was because of me that we did these things, you know, that like we went and did this rap competition in Brooklyn as a 19 year old white kid from Salt Lake city. Like I'd never done anything remotely like this before. And, and so at that moment I was just like, Oh man, like we need to do everything that we're afraid of. And so we started going like downtown, and freestyling for people and asking them to give us topics to rap about. And we were terrified every single time. Um, so at that point it just clicked. I was like, Oh, this is the answer to success. Right. To me, that's what I viewed as I like, this is what I need to do if I want to be able to do it. And for me, it just made sense and something clicked within me and like my desire, my motivation, but even I remember my first performance, my first rap performance in high school, because um, that's when I started rapping. And um, like my first performance, I remember someone came and asked me to do it. And it's actually fun. We're t- talking about this. This is the first time I'm realizing, because I know you just discovered, you know, the whole human design thing two weeks ago or two days ago or something. Mm-hmm. but projectors we wait for the invitation so i'm just realizing oh even this someone approached me about mm. performing i didn't go and seek them but it was someone approached me and asked to perform at an, at an assembly and i remember when they asked me my heart started like beating and like racing and i started sweating but for some reason i couldn't say no i was just like yes i'll do it because i wanted that like my desire to whatever to seem cool or to perform or to be a star or whatever it might've been was greater than like my, my fear of not to do it, but I was still scared and I'm still scared of just different things that I do. But I know it's like, I just, I just know there's not like, I have to do it. Like 
there's just mm -hmm. a rule, a law within my soul that if I don't do it, it's just like, I can't even, that, that just doesn't um, comply. That doesn't comply with my DNA. You know? I, I know exactly what you mean. I do. Yeah. It's like my soul will just start screaming at me like, dude, you gotta, like, you gotta pursue this thing. Otherwise, yeah. it, like my body literally will start to break down sometimes if I don't. Yeah, there but you go. I want to talk about physiologically, like what you cool. said, like when you feel the fear, your heart starts racing. Can you go into more deep? Like, do you, do you have your full body mapped out when you're in fear? Like where else are you feeling the strongest sensation in your body? So that's cool that you asked that. So for me, sometimes I pay attention to it. Sometimes I don't with clients. I'll usually, you know, like, where are you feeling it? What do you feel like? Is it tight? Like, you know, we kind of get into visuals, feelings, like kind of more energy and stuff like that. But for me now, it's definitely in my heart, right? Because that's where, um, not only like you could say physiologically, right. It's like your heart is beating right when you get nervous. So you get more adrenaline, right? Um, you get more shoot. I just forgot what's the other stress hormone it starts with this cortisol, cortisol, right? It goes, so it's like, you could like, I could do that. But also for me is just like the quote unquote opposite of fear is love. But to me, they're a lot closely, more closely tied than people think they are. So that's in the heart space. Right. And so to me, that's usually where you'll probably feel fears like in the chest area. A lot of the time, some people feel it in their gut. Some people can throw it, feel it in their throat. Um, it just depends who you are and your experiences. But for me, a lot of the time it's just like heart and I've just made a conscious practice to like, even this is like a simple thing that people can do. I remember last winter, um, I was driving in the snow and I was going down a Canyon and the roads weren't good. And I, all I remember was just like literally slowing down my exhale and it made things so much better. Mm -hmm. And that sounds so simple, but it really was instead of just like tightly gripping the steering wheel and like not breathing is if you just pay attention to like, you really don't breathe as much as you think you are when like those moments come, it's like you like hold your breath. So like, just like slowly exhaling, it just like makes everything more clear and in focus. And so that that's like a, you know, easy kind of real life thing. But also I've even noticed when my heart starts to close in love or communication or, you know, something like that is I just like, for me, I physically lean into it, but I also, um, imagine like my heart just opening and expanding and leaning into it. So instead of like gripping or leaning back, cause if you pay attention, to something, some things that you might be like hesitant to resistant to fearful of, you kind of like lean back a little bit or pull away. And I've started noticing that within myself and I'm like, Nope, I'm opening and leaning in. So even just something like that, right. Like kind of goes back into the heart space of, you know, slowing down the breath, the exhale, and then opening, just visualizing that and feeling that in your body and like literally leaning in. So it's energetic and physical with your body. So is that how you guide I guess yourself and your clients to respond. Like you, you notice the fear, palms are sweaty, hearts racing. Like you tell them one of those things, you take a breath or maybe you just pay attention to it. You didn't say curious, but like be curious about it. Is that, mm -hmm. is that how you guide people around the sensation? 
Yeah. Well, before I say that, I was going about to make a joke about the Eminem line because he said um, something about palms are sweaty. And so yeah. I was going to wrap his eight mile verse, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's different for everyone. I mean, of course, there are some basics. For me, I'm currently in the discovery of like, because everyone is an individual. And so when I work with people, it's like, yes, there are general things, but a lot of it is individualized. Um, and a lot of it has to do with like, you know, what does that person believe? What is their, if you, you know, uh, connect with trauma or you connect just with beliefs or ideas or notions, psychological behavior, whatever, energy, past life stuff. So it depends on where that person is. And then we like address those because that's usually what it is, is it's like there are present things that are helpful, but most of the time people are holding like deep things. And so that's what I usually guide people with um, is to, you know, re essentially remember their natural state and remember who they really are. So it's because there are things that you could do kind of like basic things, but those aren't addressing the root. And so the same behavior can just pop up again, pop up again, pop up again. And so usually if you go to the root, it releases such a big aspect, such a big, honestly, like identity, which can feel, that's where the feel, fear comes from because it's like you have this such, you've built comfort, you've built relationships, you've built identities, you've built an entire life, a lot of people around this idea or this identity of who you are. So a fear your fear pops up of like, Oh my gosh, like, no, I don't want to die because that's literally what this belief or idea or story is going to do. Right. Because it's no longer going to exist. And so it tells you it wants to protect itself. So a lot of that is just holding space, knowing it's safe, um, feeling it because that's a big part of it. Um, but also intellectually, realizing just doing simple tools and reframes and exercises that it's like oh okay like what i believe isn't entirely true and like i can through some other like connected connections i can realize i've just been looking for evidence in the in the unhelpful places that's really the one of the biggest things is we we believe whatever we're gonna see right and we are going to find whatever we're looking for like i've even noticed that within myself again recently of like like anything is true anything we want to be is true right it's just what is the evidence that we're looking for and what is the data that we're gathering and so it's and of course you could say well there are like permanent real truths i'm like yes and how also however is like could you just be trying to prove that that is true and so it's like it's for me is like we're all delusional anyway Yep. It's like we all have this individual reality and truths that make sense to us. So why not pick something that is going to be beneficial to you? And for me, I believe more true because I don't believe for, you know, it's like, like that you're wrong or that you're unlovable or that you're dumb or stupid or that you've never, like can't be successful or whatever, you know, beliefs and stories that you have is you have more evidence to prove that you are are those things instead of that you aren't. So that's a long answer to say, but for most people listening, I would just say like, look for the evidence that you want to be true because it's already there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's reminding me, I don't know if it's misattributed to Einstein, but the, the quote is, 
the most important decision you can make is whether you live in a friendly or hostile universe. That's what it brings mm. to mind, what you said, like concisely kind of summarizes that if you believe that we live in a beautiful world, then you're going to start noticing all the beauty in the world. And if you believe that things are scarce and life is hard, you will notice all those things. All right, couple couple of things. One, I just wanted to run by you because this was like one of my first experiences with diving into fear mm-hmm. and I would love to see how it aligns with you. So public speaking was always my number one fear that manifested in any number of ways. So it could be making a speech at a bar mitzvah or like being a best man was a fear of mine when I was like 10 years old. <laughs> uh, I love that. There's there's a lot of different ways. I stand up comedy. But anyway, I started taking a public speaking class maybe four years ago now. Awesome. And it was they used an exposure therapy approach. So mm-hmm. in the first class, they would kind of one to 10 scale our anxiety. And if it was above, say, like a five, they would say, OK, then you're just going to answer like you're going to say who you are and like one word answers. Mm-hmm. And then the next class, you're going to do that standing up. And then the next class, you're going to do that from the front of the class. And then you're going to answer more challenging. And it like built over, say, 50 exercises where eventually everything just gradually got easier and easier. And I have found that to be immensely helpful. But also, it sounds like what you're doing can be kind of a quicker download into getting to the root of it instead of just getting better at managing it. Like it's, it's still, it took me a long time to be comfortable even having a conversation like we're having now. Mm. I'm wondering if there's a, does like what I described jive with you and B, do you think there's a quicker, more efficient way to get through that? Dude, absolutely. So one, of course, I think that works and that jives, jives with me. I mean, it, it's worked for you and think how many people it's worked for, right? Mm-hmm. Is I think there's just so many different ways. Like it just depends what you're called to and what works for you. And so, I mean, you could say quicker, right? Is like usually in the way that, and I don't think it's my way, but in like, it is my way, but I don't mean I like I ca- I came up with it, right? Is I continuously learn and, prune and update and evolve is people who come to me and the people that I work with are, they have to be ready to like look straight in the eyes of fear. Mm-hmm. And that's fear tells you to do everything but that. <laughs> you know? So it's, so they, but that, that is the cure or that's the answer or whatever you want to say. And so for you, right. is like taking a year to slowly expose yourself to that. I think that's a beautiful way and like if people are can be committed like uh like my partner my girlfriend like she spent um like two years in coda so it's like codependent anonymous and same type of thing right is not like you're just like doing plant medicine or immediately diving into this crazy space where you're just like exposed to like all these harsh things and you don't know what to do about it and like your shadows and stuff so it's like all those things are extremely helpful because it's leading you up into this point. So a lot of the people that I've worked with have already done some type of healing or therapy or whatever. So it's like, I believe those things are preparing you for the next level. So it's not that it's right or wrong. And I wouldn't say that mine's quicker. I mean, it could be deeper or quicker. Like, I mean, of course I've had people say like the last retreat I had, 
um, someone who came, she said, you know, I learned more in three days than I did in five years of therapy. And she's tried all the different things. So, but I, like I'll say is like, but that also prepared her for this. So mm-hmm. she knew that she could have that contrast and just that basic level of knowledge. So it's not that it's like one is better or worse, but I think at a certain level, right. Is like, if you're just always on the surface and just always managing it is like, I mean, I, and I could ask you, right. Is like even having this conversation that's super cool you can have, but I can even speak for myself as like, I've managed certain fears. Like what I said at the beginning with like my childhood stuff, like I knew something was there, but I never quite acknowledged it. So what I've been doing over the past couple months is just like, like feeling all those feelings that I like put down, you know, or didn't allow or expressing feelings that are really uncomfortable for me and truths because like, I want to make everyone feel good and happy and people please. Mm. Um, so it's like, like I knew that about me, but I was still managing it to a point. And now I'm in a space and a part of life where I feel safe to express and go into that place. So meaning we're all in our own timeline. It's like whenever you feel safe enough to do that, that's what's key. But that can be tricky because some people might use that as an excuse, right? Yeah. It's like, well, I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. It's like, well, you just got to freaking do it at some <laughs> point, right? It's like, so it's up to each person and what they know because I've, I've definitely seen my fair share amount of people who commit them back out, who commit them back out because literally they're doing what their fear is telling them not to do. And so they listen to their fear instead of their love and their truth. Um, and back out of the thing that's probably best for them. But I have to, for me is I know now, but that's part of my mission and purpose is to be, it's not like I'm the thing they're afraid of. Right. But I represent as, as a fear alchemist is what I call myself as like, they have to be ready. And as soon as they say yes, like the answers and freedom will start to come. Mm-hmm. So it's long answer short is like everything works. It just depends where you are. <laughs> it's yes. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. What type of stuff have you been noticing from your childhood that you, it sounds like you kind of intellectually knew it was there, but you weren't allowing yourself to fully process it and feel it to completion, which mm-hmm. I, I feel the same way and I don't, I haven't attached it to childhood experience necessarily, but there's certainly, I don't know, I I categorize myself as very emotionally intelligent and (laughs) and aware of things. And that seemed, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling all my feelings. I totally get it. And that I've been noticing that I'm allowing myself to go deeper on that and how much more territory there is. So I'm wondering, I'm very curious, what type of stuff have you been noticing? Yeah. So for me with my partner, she, what I've been able to notice, and then even a podcast that I did, um, with my friend Hallie, she, it was like almost a two hour podcast. And like, she asked a few different times to go deeper and and to share something that was unresolved. And so with that, right. So for me sharing something that's unresolved or that I haven't figured out yet, or that I haven't like solved in my head, that's what's scary for me. Right. Because it's like, I have this perfectionism thing of like, I gotta be good enough. I gotta be the best. I gotta be special. I gotta have it figured out. Um, and if I'm not, then I won't be lovable. So 
or someone might leave me, right? So like with my partner, it's sharing like some things that I don't have figured out yet, which is scary, or I don't have an answer for. It's like, this is how I'm feeling. I don't know why I haven't like reframed it in my head yet, you know, or haven't gotten to the root of it yet. But this is just like how I'm feeling. Yes, I'm scared to share, but just like sharing it like feels so much better than just like thinking about it in my head and just like holding it and stuff like that. So, and what's really cool is I've been able to see like, oh, that actually, I guess from my experience with her is that it, it deepens our connection and then it makes me more myself, which therefore makes me quote unquote more lovable. I don't believe in a scale of lovableness because like to me, it's just like we're infinitely loved or lovable makes you more receptive to love is what i would say yeah right is for me personally is like in my mind is what it what it's feeling and thinking and so that's i've just i guess i've seen the benefit right because it's for logical people um it's like oh i'm seeing the benefit from sharing and i think that's a good start i think if you're again right if you're always just looking for a benefit and then you don't see a benefit and then you stop sharing then that could be unhelpful but it's like, at least to begin is like, oh, I just see the straight benefit. So I'm a very simple person. It's like, this makes sense to me to share and to feel because now I've seen how it's like helping me. Um, and if I don't do it, then it's hurting me. So I'm very simple that way, simple that way where we started, right? Of, okay, it's just like against my code. Me, like now that I've seen the benefits, like I can't go back on it. Mm-hmm. Would you be open to demoing like how you would guide, like I'll be a, a client and you mm-hmm. kind of guide me through how to start feeling what I haven't been willing to feel or to start exploring what I haven't been willing to explore? Yeah, for sure, dude. So, I mean, so yes. And like, we're just going to be open to guided, meaning like, I don't know how long, how short, what will or won't come up. But like, as you ask that, I imagine you are open to it. I'm open. <laughs> so when you ask that, like, what, like, why do you ask that? Like, what in your heart or soul, like, what do you want to quote unquote figure out or feel? Well, something that is, I mean, really top of mind for me right now. I know that you can relate as someone that worked in finance. I work mm-hmm. in accounting, mm-hmm. still do. I actually had a conversation with my employer about three weeks ago, maybe that I was going to leave altogether and pursue coaching full time. Cool. And I felt, I felt really good about that. And I had no plan in place. I had no mm-hmm. evidence to support that it was going <laughs> to work out necessarily. Mm-hmm. I, I'm only working with a handful of clients. I have three clients right now, but I, I know it's my calling. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently in discovery with my coach, we talked about how it is my calling Cool. And it might not be the right time yet. And you don't need to commit fully to going in on this to to actually commit internally to going fully. And so I had another conversation with my employer uh, yesterday and we discussed that I'll, I'll work in a part-time capacity in a few months. So in the end of October, I'm going to start just doing 50% capacity. I'll still have some income. And also gives me more time and flexibility, freedom, all that stuff. 
and I'm having a tough time. I'm making up stories about myself that that shows that I'm not good at, I'm not good enough to go in on this yet. I've been doing this for <laughs> yeah. a year and a half, two years. Like, shouldn't I be, shouldn't I be ready? There's a lot of judgment on the decision to do that and judgment around the work that I do where it's like, I'm not fully expressing myself at work. This is a waste of my talent. So that's, I'll yeah. throw that all to you and you make what you make of it. <laughs> well, dude, thanks for, I love this so much. Like, thank you for expressing that. And I know so many people will, will, will relate to this because it is like these arbitrary rules. So I've, so I'm like, for sure going to ask you questions so we can kind of like release it and like, like feel all the things and get to the root. But isn't it funny of like, you are just making arbitrary rules. That's just like these stories of, well, if I don't quit all from the beginning, I'm not going to have a good quit story. And then <laughs> I'm not going to be a good coach. Uh-huh. Right. It's in and there. so it's like, so it's interesting, right? Is like, is like wherever you've got that idea, so many other people have that idea too, right? Of like, if I'm not coaching full time or I'm only co coaching part time or my business is like, it's like all these interesting stories that we gather from, you know, media, social media, whatever. And like, for me, just like my, I think it's really cool what you're doing. And like, honestly, I think it's so cool. You have an employer willing to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, dude, like the fact that you said, you know, I'm thinking, or like, I will leave at some point. And then you go back and say like, what do you think about me, you know, doing in a part-time capacity? I think that's awesome. It's like for you, you're, you're doing something that works for your design as a human, mm -hmm. which means like some people don't work. Like they just don't, and nothing is right or wrong. Right. Of like, like for someone saying like, I need to quit and go all in. Some people work that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you kind of figure out the answers on the way down It's like, so I would say that's kind of like, how I work, but even that wouldn't be entirely true because looking back and connecting like my life is that I had a lot of different things that were preparing me for that moment. So it wasn't just like right. I quit and figured it out. <laughs> it was like, yeah. it was like, I had a lot of things that like helped me do that. Like, so I've had enough like safety and security to do that. And so, but on the outside, it might seem like, Oh, Ben had this cool thing, but even like a side note, I guess one second making this about me, then I'll come back to you is <laughs> <laughs> like when I quit, when I left my corporate job almost two years ago, which is insane. And even a, a week or two ago, I had that thought of like, Oh my God, like it's almost been two years and it's almost, it's hard to believe, but it, it's not, it's like both. I'm like, I can't believe I've been doing this for two years and I've been totally fine. Mm. Like financially. And I still have been able to do the things I've wanted to do. Like if someone, you know, like maybe you, like, it depends on like brains and like risk assessment and like who you are looking at my financials, right? They'd probably say that is or isn't a good idea what I'm doing. But for me, it works because I trust it and I have the evidence and I, it's always worked out. Um, but I'm not spending like frivolous, frivolous, frivolously because that's not me, but I do take risks. So, but it's like, uh, but back to the thing of when I quit my job is I immediately knew it was for me because one thing I did a couple months before I left and it's something similar you're going to do is 
I took a week off of work and I was like, if I didn't work here, if I did my own thing, if I had my own business, here's what I would do for a week. And just, I do like kind of like a practice or like a beta, you know, like how would it feel? What would it look like? And then as soon as I did that, I'm like, oh man, this feels so good. Like this feels like me. And then when I actually left the job, it wasn't like a, like an F you to the man, you know, it wasn't like, see you later. Or, or it wasn't like, you guys suck. It was just very natural. So as soon as I left my job, I was like, oh, this feels like me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a big crazy shift. Like it wasn't um, like a big nervous system. Like, and so why I'm saying that, right, is like, what you're doing and I did my, I did in my own way and like other people can do in their own way is prepare themselves for it. And like, and whatever that means. Right. And even again, what you're doing, which is funny, like with our similarities, right. Of my sister told me when I was thinking about it is, is like, Ben, well, you don't have to like physically quit yet, but internally you can, what would it feel like? What would it look like? How can you energetically go there? Mm and say like, yes, this is happening. I'm doing it. I'm not sure what the timeline looks like. Uh, but for me, I did that. And then I was like, okay, I don't know when I'm going to, but this is happening. I'm leaving at some point yes. because I hadn't gone there yet. And then literally as soon as I made that connection within a week or two, I talked to my boss about leaving. <laughs> so I was like, wow. It's cause all I needed was like, oh, okay, I'm going here and I'll be safe. Mm-hmm. So just to give context for like what you're going through and all the different things. So for you, um, do you have fear about actual actually leaving and making enough money or is it more of just like these stories, the judgment from other people? Like what is the biggest thing or is it a judgment on yourself or what sticks out the most? It's multi-layered. I think at the bottom of which I've done, I, I take my fear on a surface level and then I go a level deeper than that and cool. then a level deeper. At the very bottom of most of my fears is that eventually I'd run out of money, my wife would leave me, mm-hmm. and then I'd be living with my parents essentially. Cool. I love it. So look, you've already done a lot of work for me, which I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so bottom line, so have you talked to your wife about this? Yes. You already talked about, have you talked to her about your fear of what you just said? I don't know if I put it as simply as that, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm very open with her about where I stand on things and, and we've been in lockstep on all of this. So like cool. we both agreed that I was going to be leaving and then we both agreed that it was a good decision. It was never like a pressure thrown on me. You got to do this. And then I did it yeah. out of, uh, out of worry. So yeah, I've said that to her before. Dope. What's her name? Ariana. Ariana, shout out to you. Supportive (laughs) partner. I love it. She's amazing. So, well, well, that's already cool, right? Because you already have that in place. I would just, if I'm you, I would talk to her out just a a level level deeper. Because of course, right? She's like, well, that's ridiculous. But you at least like expressing it. So it's like, so she, you can have that conversation as needed, right? Of similar to like what I've done, right? Is like, well, if I express this thing, then right, I have a fear of like, well, someone's gonna leave me because I'm not perfect, mm-hmm. right? Or, and it's it's rational, like it's completely rational. So when you have these fears, like nothing's wrong with you or me or anyone. 
for having like, okay, yes, if this isn't quote unquote successful, if I don't make as money as like what I think I will, um, then I have to live in with my parents. And then, you know, eventually my wife's going to leave me because she thinks I'm a loser. I think that's rational because it's possible. That's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> but also what's possible is the complete opposite of that. Yes. Right. And so like for me, I love how you already painted out the worst case scenario for everyone. So Mike, like, even if that does happen, I can already sense from you is like, let, even if that does happen, I feel like, you know, it's recoverable. Yes. Right. Um, and so I love how you already went here because so if let's say you do move in with your parents and, um, your wife does leave you, what does that mean about you? Hmm. And now you're getting to it. <clears throat> I think one of my deepest fears and in a somewhat related note, I make up this meaning about myself as being an accountant is that um, like that makes me an un accountant is an uninteresting, ordinary, boring person. Uh... And, and I think there's some element of that. And if I were alone, it would, it would prove how ordinary, boring, how meaningless my life is like wow. all, all of that stuff. Yeah. Dude, that's powerful. I actually felt that that was like, well, what's cool, right? Is because how your mind and heart works, well, the accountant side, right? Is like you're able to get down to things, which is beautiful, but what you have, hold on. I can keep, I can keep complimenting you, but I want to make sure we <laughs> get down there. Yeah. So for you, right. I think the biggest thing that like struck me, which is kind of ironic with the podcast name, right? Mike search for meaning is that your life would be meaningless. Yes. Or you would be meaningless or ordinary, right? Because like the accountant life or even right as a um, introvert, INFJ, quiet observer is like this identity of, look, I'm, I'm more, what would you put? Like I'm more blank than you think. Mm. Oh, I love that interesting comes to mind mm. so essentially you want to be more interesting than people think you are yeah like i have this story about myself that because i'm quiet and observant and not uh, at a dinner party the one that's telling hilarious stories that that makes mm. me a boring less than person cool so if so right so like essentially if that happens then it proves that story correct yes okay so dude, you're awesome for doing this like this. And hopefully you can see and everyone else can see and hear and feel that what you're already doing is like leaps and bounds what you've would have done in the past, which is yes. already a huge win in, in itself. So, so let me just, and what's cool about you is like, I know you can go here. So like intellectually, factually, like foundationally, scientifically proven true. Does that mean you are uninteresting if your first business venture doesn't work out as planned? No. So you can say that intellectually, but can you feel that? That's what a lot of my journaling practice is, is mm -hmm. around. Honestly, it's like, is that part of me that feels that way? A, can I show it love and B, can I really feel that I love it no matter oh, what? I love that. Yeah. So and can you feel that that's not true? It depends on the moment. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Right. And that's where the practice comes in. Yeah. So, but the, at least the start is because your fear is coming from, from a mind-based place, right? 
even if it's not 100% true, like how your brain and ego works is telling you if I quote unquote fail, whatever that means, right? If I'm not as successful and I mean, there's so many different views as like what does even success and failure mean to you, right? But just for simplicity's sake, if I fail at this, then I am interesting, then I am boring, then I'm not, you know, all these certain things. And now look, because your brain wants to have that proof because it thinks in black and white. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't process information in like, well, maybe ifs, maybes, and grays, right? It's binary. It's just looking for this and this means this and this means this because it needs like calor- like to save energy and just time and your brain is an efficiency machine. Mm-hmm. So it just makes assumptions like this, right? And that's how habits and behaviors are formed. So it just wants to like, oh yes, if I fail, then look, I'm boring. Mm-hmm. Your brain doesn't know that that's actually like unhelpful to you. Mm-hmm. Your brain is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. And so by asking like that 100% yes or no, then you can begin to like work in the gray area of like, okay, like, look, if this does happen, I know my life isn't meaningless. Mm-hmm. Like I can say that, I know that for you, but do you know, like, I'd love to hear you say it or talk about like, do you know, like, if that happens, your life is, is it meaningless? Yes, I do. I also not to like outsource my approval, but I already know that me stepping into being more me has touched people's lives and that is inherently meaningful. And, and there's still a part of me that when push comes to shove, like if I post a video and it gets like zero likes, or if I do a workshop and only my mom shows up, which (laughs) my, only my mom and my friend showed up to one I did like a few weeks ago. Cool. And that wound is still, it's not fully healed because I still feel that part of me going, oh, this is this is why it's nice to just play it safe and hide and live comfortably, whatever that really means too, by the way. But uh, yeah, so going all the way down is that if I did lose everything and then ended up moving in with my parents, that there's still a part of me that that would mean that the full me wasn't worthy of the things that I most seek love yep. and etc. And what's cool. I love that you're going to all these places because that's what people are afraid to acknowledge. Right. Mm-hmm. So I love that you can just like, just say it like, that's so cool. And what's interesting is what I want to bring up. Right. And ask you is how do you show up? How does Mike show up when you are afraid of losing meaning or losing interest or losing love? people pleaser, path of least resistance, like kind of smile on my face. <laughs> I, I pander to the masses uh, pretty quickly. Like even I notice that when I'm coaching people, it's like mm. to sit there uncomfortably and sit in the space of like, I don't know what to say next is very challenging for me because I'm, I'm like trying to show how adequate I am and how like fit for the role I am. And for like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to let go of that and be okay with just being. <laughs> Dude, I love that so much. And like, even just that truth, like even just you saying that is so powerful. And like, I feel that and like releasing and I'm just like hyping you up because again, right? Not to like ex- <laughs> outsource the worth and meaning, 
but what you're doing already right now is meaningful mm-hmm. right like yes. meaning is inherent just like what i said before like love doesn't have a scale is like literally you being born is meaning yeah right you have that love and it, again it's just like what we believe and like what we determine and assign stories and all the fun things too so is so why ask that question of like how you show up because when you show up like that what is more likely to happen yeah i block off all the things that i really want anyway yeah as essentially what fear does is it gives it gives you exactly what you don't want to happen (laughs) yes right so if you show up afraid to not receive love if you show up afraid not to have meaning or not to be interesting what you say you appeal to the masses you kind of dumb down or water your message right which therefore makes you less interesting in my opinion yes right (laughs) and so that's why it does the exact thing you don't want it to do Uh so for your logical brain which i know it, it appeals to you in this way right is you want to be nothing but you because that way people will be able to find you and connect with you and you will be more interesting by being yourself yeah And you will get more love you will have more meaning so the more you water down your message and trying to appeal to more people and play safe so you can be loved or interesting in that way is actually going to be unhelpful to you Mm. (sighs) yeah that rings extremely extremely true i think i'm i think i'm complete around that man (laughs) well i would say like is there any but or anything behind there it's not coming up for me at the moment. I don't think there's a but. That's cool. So what do you know? So whether so no matter how you leave, when you leave, whatever your path is, what do you know? How do you know or what do you know is true? That my life is inherently meaningful. Dang, dude. That sounds so good. So out of like out of a score of one to ten, how true does that feel to you? Ten being the most true, one being yeah, fake. It, <laughs> It's like, <laughs> I, I'd say it's a nine. Like, I want to say 10 and that there's like a, there's like a tiny, tiny. It's so a, is that, so nines, I mean, honestly, incredible. So say that one more time. My life is inherently meaningful. Oh, dude, that feels good. I believe yeah. you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, my life is inherently meaningful. I, I know it like to my soul. Mm. And so that's where you lead from and go from. And what's cool, right, is like, I mean, for you, because you had the knowledge and like kind of verbiage and you've already done some of the work, right? It was pretty quick and we were kind of, we were able to have some fun with it. But do you notice how quick of what you went from of essentially, if I fail all these stories, my life is meaningless. I'm not lovable. I'm not interesting to what you just say. My life is inherently meaningful. How different does that feel? Yeah, extremely. There's a, there's a vibrancy in me right now. And do you know, what is that vibrancy? Like, where do I feel it? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Where do you feel it? All, all the strong sensations, usually like extremities for me. So I get a tingling in my fingers. I feel like, uh, like almost like there's an energy leaving my forehead and my, and my toes too. always get, it's all my extremities. I love that dude. That's so cool. And like for you is, and like what that means to me is like, that's truth. Mm, right because when you're like tight and anxious and like vibrating in an anxious way 
is like that's like resistance which mm-hmm. means that's how i view resistance as like bumper like when you are bowling you know and you have the bumper lanes it's like uh no like you it's trying to bump you right mm-hmm. and so when you're just flowing down the lane for a strike dude like that's that vibrancy that you're yes. feeling and that's the truth and that doesn't mean resistance is bad either right because it's redirecting us but it's um i'm just hitting home that that is your truth mm-hmm. and it's not something that we just forced you to think or we formed an affirmation because it sounds cool right is it's like no dude that's your truth like how you're smiling and feeling and lit up like you already were that but now once you said that is like i feel that from you yeah and you know that's your truth mm-hmm. and so now everything you do you start with that is like my life is inherently meaningful man dude even i just got chill saying that because again we're similar in some ways right is even Mike's search for meaning is not even there for a search anymore because it's just like inherently uh-huh. there. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. I love that. <laughs> Woo. That's good shit, man. <laughs> good. Thank you. That was cool. Seriously, dude. Like, thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you for holding the space. Man. I, I wouldn't have felt comfortable if it wasn't a reciprocated energy so thanks for going there with me going along for the journey and the ride okay so just a, a couple of more things i want to ask you one is i i know it probably depends on the season not the literal season but internal season but how do you manage your energy or more specifically when you're feeling overwhelmed what are some go-tos that you have for yourself dude that's such a good question because overwhelm I mean, I still feel that, right? It's like overwhelm is so common. Just overthinking, overwhelming, because it's like we feel we need to do all the things yes. or do it do it this way and in the right time. <laughs> you know, it's like all the, man, yeah, I relate to that. Um, but I think it goes back to just like what we've talked about a little bit of like we're going to have our own way, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like there's a part of me that doesn't want to follow the way because I want to be different. There's definitely that part of me. And I've always, even in music, I remember like if someone was doing it this way, I didn't want to do it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, uh, even I was having a conversation the other day with someone who was like congratulating me on that stuff. And then we were talking about like free trials and certain giving things for free. Mm-hmm. And, because of just because we were talking about how like one of the first things I tried to do a couple years ago was do like a free course, but no one signed up or showed up for it. And that was one of my first quote unquote failures in like the self-help coaching thing. And, and why I'm bringing that up is because like people will tell you, you need something free. You need a free offer. You need a, da, 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 which may be true for you. But there's a big part of like, yeah, that could be true to like gain buy-in and gain trust and things like that. But but also it's like, are people going to be bought in, right? Are they going to be like, and so, I mean, there's so many different viewpoints, but why I'm talking about that with the overwhelm is because you think we think that just so we have to do things a certain way and that's when we get overwhelmed. So the best thing for me 
and I know for other is like stop paying attention to what other people are doing. Uh -huh. I think that's just the biggest thing is like stop consuming social media. I don't watch news like, mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean you're a misinformed citizen. I think that's part of the lie in the trap to like make sure that you stay in like the matrix of fear and control. And that sounds like a, I'm a conspiracist, right? But it's like, even if you're not a conspiracist, like <laughs> looking at all the crap all the time is unhelpful. Yes. So just t like unplugging yourself, not just from like devices and technology, but how else can you unplug yourself from a system that is like, you're trying to be like it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you are getting overwhelmed because you're trying to be something you're not. Yes. So unplug from the things that you're trying to be like and just return home to yourself. Mm -hmm. As someone who is pretty active on social media, do you have, do you take uh, deliberate breaks or anything at any times in the year? Sometimes, yeah. So it depends. So like right now, so I launched a course a month and a half ago and started it. And ever since then, it was like this immediate, just like my brain just and energy just like, just like turned off with it. So meaning like I haven't been on it nearly as much because I was on it a lot to launch that. And then in November, December, January, I was off it for a couple months, um, just like completely because that was like part of a season that I needed to, again, return home and not outsource myself of like, why am I doing this? And so it's yes and no, meaning some like I don't consume, but I'll still check it for like notifications mm -hmm. or messages. Um, and then, but it's just giving myself grace because of course there's a story like, well, if I'm not posting, then no one's going to work with me. Right. And so it's like, yes, there's some truth to that. Of course. Right. It's like, we want to be visible, but it's like, am I just going to post because pe people don't know it, but they're going to feel of like frequency of fear because I'm trying to, I'm posting for clients instead of I'm posting from like love, freedom, sovereignty, and a place of, um, expansion. Yeah. And so it's just checking myself in that space of like, why am I doing it? Like, am I doing it for fun? Am I doing it because I trust it and like coming from an inspired place? Um, so the answer is yes and no. It's just depending again on the season. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this isn't typically how I wrap up the interview, but I'm very curious to hear how you'll answer this one. If you're at, say, a dinner party, wedding, something that's more than just an intimate one-on-one -on -one conversation, how do you break the cycle of staying in small talk land? <laughs> Dude, that's such a good question. So for me, I'm definitely the type of person who I prefer like this. I prefer one-on-one -on -one or intimate small groups because we can like have conversations like this. So part of it is, and it's a mix of both. It's a mix of not, it's a mix of being oh, like, it's a mix of sometimes it's okay to be in small talk. Mm -hmm. Meaning, right. It's like, I don't have to go deep all the time Yeah, because that is part of a story too. Is like, I, I am better than small talk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but at the same time, it's honoring myself when it's just like, nah, this isn't for me. So again, it's this dance of what feels good to me. What do I want to do and how do I want to push my edge? Mm -hmm. So it sounds funny, but sometimes small talk might be pushing an edge for me. Yeah. And then that leads into something more deep. Like, but at the same time, it's just being myself. 
which my version of quote unquote small talk is someone's like deep end of the pool. Yeah. Yeah. So it just depends on the setting. Um, and for me, just being myself of like the apartment I live in, like we have a rooftop pool and somehow, you know, people find me and everyone's, you know, up there Saturday drinking and partying and someone ends up talking to me about the meaning of life. Huh. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, it's part of just like, like not being attached to small talk or deepness, but just being myself in that moment and being present with people and then having the conversation that's supposed to happen. Love it. All right, man. Well, before I ask my last question, where can people connect with you online? Yeah. So if your soul feels called to it and you feel inspired and you want to connect on a human level, of course, you got Instagram, right? So you can search um, the fear guy. My website is feeling-free.com. Whether it's um, want to work with me in one-on-one, different group things, events. We do in-person retreats. Um, just, I mean, I have a pod. I always forget about the podcast. The podcast is called <laughs> Feeling Free. So there's a lot of cool people on there that you'll, some of them you'll probably know. Um, there's a ton of things. So yeah, just go to website, feeling-free.com. You can find all the things and do whatever your heart is calling you toward. Sounds good, Ben. I, I hope people go and, and listen. So the final question I ask all my guests, as you know, it's Mike's search for meaning. What does it mean to you to live a meaningful life? Oof. Again, kind of like what we already talked about, I think it's being authentic to me and no one else. Mm. Meaning, and it's always evolving and bouncing off the bumpers, you know, of like, like what is true to me? What is authentic to me? What is meaningful for, for me? Like what feels good for me? What is true to my soul? Not because other people, not because I feel like I have to or need to, but because I get to, and this feels the most expansive. This is who I'm here to be. And to me, it's a feeling of what you just talked about of when you said, you know, my life um, in, is inherently meaningful, this like spinning vibrancy. And to me, that's when I know. So it's not necessarily what it looks like. It's what it feels like. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here, Ben. I, I loved having you on. I really appreciate it. I, I love that you don't ever feel cornered to pick one answer on things. You naturally just see the nuance in it and there's no formulaic way to live. There's no formulaic way to be. It is all individual. And in every one of your answers, you could see that you're thoughtful about it and you're not prescriptive and just giving some canned answer about what works for you and that everyone needs to do it that way. And yeah, thanks for holding the space for the, the exercise that we did as well, man. It was just a pleasure to have you on. Mike, thank you, dude. I appreciate that compliment because like you said at the beginning is, you know, you like, again, seeing every side and the nuance of things can be difficult, but is it difficult because again, right? Is it something that we're told to do that to out of fear and control? versus everyone living individually in their own power and truth. So I think it's that. And so yes. that's something to be curious about. So thank you for that. Because sometimes, of course, as you know, I get lost. I'm like, am I thinking of too many sides? So I appreciate that. Of course, Ben. Of course. You're here. And to all the listeners, uh, anything that we mentioned that's a resource, I'll link it in the show notes. And I hope that you took at least one nugget of wisdom. There was plenty from Ben. 
and uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day or night or whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to Mike's Search for Meaning. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share this episode with your friends, and leave a review. I look forward to seeing you next time, my friends. And until then, stay safe, stay well, and keep living with purpose. Peace. Thank you.